Hey, onesies, Josh Williams here, and thanks for checking out this week's episode of the One Man Podcast. It's always free and available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, and many more, as well as on the web at onemanpodcast.com. So please, whatever platform you're listening on, like and subscribe. Uh, while you're at it, give it a rating, leave a review. Why? Because it helps the podcast, and I'd really appreciate it. How about that? What about social media? Search One Man Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube to keep up with what's going on there. Get a little extra content for yourself. And finally, to get in touch, please send your emails to contact at onemanpodcast.com. You send it, I read it on the podcast, that's the deal. Thanks for listening, guys, and I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Hey, it's Krista Allen, you're listening to the One Man Podcast. Yeah! Hey, it's Josh Williams here, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 115. Holy smoke! For Wednesday, July 24th, 2019. How's it going, onesies? How has your week been? Are you guys excited? Excited for what? I don't know. This podcast, maybe? You know, it's not really what I had in mind, but I'm like, yeah, what would they be excited for? Well, at this particular moment, you were right in the first initial seconds of the podcast. So maybe you are excited. You know, you're like, hey, it's going to be a great episode, Josh. We can hear, <clears throat> excuse me, that you're back on the good mic, which is going to make this weird little throat thing that I'm having uh, maybe a little more frustrating. I don't know why. I just sort of kind of keep having stuff come up, um, but not like when I'm sick. I have turned many stomachs while recording, you know, my, my Gotta Get It Out podcast, which is a funny name for it because not only am I trying to get the podcast out, but I'm trying to get all sorts of gunk out of my lungs usually. Well, this is a weird and gross way to start an episode. Guys, what I'm trying to say is I'm on the good mic. I'm recording in the dining room today. Of course, it's Tuesday, day before this podcast comes out. And uh, I just, I don't know, my, my room is kind of a disaster right now where I normally record at my desk. There's just stuff everywhere. I've been accumulating things. Uh, nothing, nothing ridiculous. Um, just, uh, you know, well, actually, you know, what's, what's funny. I, uh, I watched a documentary on minimalism. Um, and while I was, you know, putting laundry away, I decided to, you know, uh, get rid of some things and start, you know, putting some stuff away and moving some things around. And, you know, so I kind of like started the process yesterday and then something came up and I was not able to finish it. And so now my room's just a disaster. And of course, today's docket is filled with other things. Oh, so anyways. Um, I'm sitting in the dining room and it's nice. The sun is out and shining. I can see it. Uh, I've got a limited amount of time before roommates come home. But uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a fun episode. I'm going to tell you guys, I started reading a new book. I bought a Kobo, hey, an e-reader. I've been enjoying reading and I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'll get me one of those e-readers so I can bring books with me. I went and got a library card that is directly associated with the Kobo. And I'll tell you that. I uh, saw another edition of the Prove Your Comic competition last night, you know, at Absolute Comedy. Uh, there was a fucking heat wave, just a horrible couple of days in the nation's capital here with just the heat was absolutely insanity. Uh, and then I went to a nice little, uh, you know, get together. I'll tell you guys all about that. Um, you know, it's uh, it's been a fun, uh, fun little bit, guys. It's been a fun little bit. Um, oh, and I saw a movie, too. <laughs> I forgot all about that. Um, I'll tell you guys about that too. So where do I begin? Um, start reading a new book. Okay. It's called hold me tight. It is a, a really interesting book and I'm not going to get too, uh, too into anything about it. Um, that sounds stupid. I'm, I'm, uh, 
Why do I never know what to say? Here's the thing. I don't know what's interesting and what's not. And, and at the same time, guys, you know I'm a talker. So those of you who know me very well, welcome new listeners from all over the world. Um, but those of you who know me know I'm a talker. And one of the things I run into is I have a lot of conversations with people, especially about the things in my life that I'm excited about. And then what ends up happening is I'm not sure if I've already shared the story or I've gotten so sick of telling people this, you know, in conversation that by the time the podcast comes, I, I've just kind of like... Eh, like one of the broad strokes. So I feel like sometimes maybe you guys get a little uh, cheated out of that stuff. So here, here it is. I'm reading a book called Hold Me Tight. It's uh, called, um, I think it's a Hold Me Tight and, you know, Seven Conversations for Better Relationships or something like that. But it's about a type of couples therapy that uh, has to do with what they call emotionally focused therapy. Um, I'm not particularly far in this. This is not like a post book review. I'm I'm still in the first quarter of the book. <clears throat> but it starts to talk about a lot of the theories and things like that and how, you know, how people develop emotional relationships and, and stuff like that with their partner. And a lot of it talks about a, uh, a doctor who was studying uh, child relationships with their parents and the, the effects that, you know, having a loving, secure relationship with a, you know, a caretaker, a guardian does for them. Like there were studies about like, you know, how long orphans would live um, if they had no parents, like, Orphans who were being given food and shelter, so they were not missing a basic need of food and shelter, but they were, um, they were just still alone, didn't have a guardian or anything like that. Those orphans would die. Some of them would die off and stuff like that. You know, not. I'm pretty sure all of them are dead now from that study because <laughs> it was done in the early 1900s or whatever. But all I'm saying is that, like, they were showing that the orphans, you know, that weren't weren't getting guardians and stuff like that were, were dying versus like, you know, regular kids would have that. So, um, a, a, a quick principle they established in the book is that, that love, love from a, a, you know, select few people in your life is, is tantamount to having food and shelter. It is just as important to you. It is a basic need. Um, they did studies with apes where, you know, they would take, a, you know, young apes and they would put a, a like a, a parental figure made out of cold steel or whatever with food in the room. And they would put like a soft, soft, uh, you know, looking ape figure stuffed animal kind of thing in the room with no food. And even though the cold one had food, uh, the, the apes would go over and they would cuddle with the big, you know, the, the motherly looking monkey or whatever ape stuffy, like to show that they wanted like affection and things like that. They wanted some sort of sense of security and, and whatnot, even more than they wanted food. So I found this interesting. Uh, there's a lot of things to that too. I didn't know that, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, that this particular uh, researcher had, uh, he was one of the people who protested. I don't know if you guys know this, but like, you know, I think it was like maybe not necessarily the 50s, but but somewhere around there, like uh, that 1950s, um, you couldn't stay with your kid in the hospital. Um, if you had to drop your kid off at a hospital, like if you had to take your kid to the hospital, you took your kid to the hospital and you left, you came and picked them up when they were better or whatever it is. Parents were not allowed to be with their kids. And through the research and everything like that, this guy did, he, he sort of proved that parent, like children need their parents. They need that security, especially in, in times of illness and weakness and stuff like that. Um, and this guy was part of the, uh, the process that, that changed that to, to making it so that parents can actually stay with their kids. Like my, I've got some friends who listen, I won't name them. They've gone through some uh, horrible things with their kids, some absolutely fearful things. I can only imagine how much worse it would have been if they couldn't even be there with their kids. You know what I mean? At this time, at this point, it's babies. So for this, it's almost, you know, the parents as well, their love and, and emotional bond with the kid. But uh, very interesting book. And, it, and they talk about how those basic needs are what 
what transfer into adult relationships. So the the type of therapy therapy that they use for for couples uh, healing and communication stems from you know, uh, looking at how a child's relationship with their mother is that, that, that basic need for love and acceptance and security and knowing that that person is going to be there no matter what. Um, it's the same thing in adult relationships. It's not to say that one person has to care for the other, like a child, but it's more about that, that inner need of like, will you be there for me? Will you, will you, you know, care for me? Will you love me? Um, interesting book. Again, I'm very early into it, but just all of the stuff that I've read so far, um, it's, uh, I don't know. It makes a lot of, it makes a lot of sense in terms of sometimes like some of the insecurities and shit like that we go through in relationships and whatnot. Very interesting book. The book is called hold me tight. I will let you guys know. I won't talk about it again until I finish it, but uh, I just want you to know that I'm thoroughly enjoying it. In fact, I read quite a bit of it all in one sitting, which is what inspired me to get the Kobo. Cause I'm like, you know what? I'm really enjoying this, but it's a book, big book. It's a hardcover book. And I'm like, I know that when I've traveled for stand up, I've brought books with me with the intention to read them. And I don't always, you know, like I, it takes up a lot of space, especially I'm trying to travel lighter and lighter and lighter. So I don't want to be carrying big hardcover books with me. So I'm like, you know what? Maybe if I get a Kobo, A, it'll be lighter. Cause when I'm laying in bed, part of <laughs> one of the reasons I don't like to read in bed is A, I fall asleep. You know, I, I daydream end of the day and go over, you know, very, uh, I go over repetitive thoughts in my head and I stop, you know, I have to read the same paragraph like five times. But uh, one of the things that happens to me that sucks is if I'm reading on my iPad, which I've done before, an iPad can get heavy, or, or a large hardcover book, is I will lay on my back, I will have the, the book up on my stomach or on a pillow, and I will start to fall asleep, and I will drop the book onto my fucking face, and it hurts every time. Ball bag. It hurts, fuck. Right? I just, just, oh, I've hit myself in the teeth with it. I've hit myself in the nose with it. You know, uh, yeah, it sucks. It sucks. So I figured the Kobo is very, very small and lightweight. I can get access to just about everything that comes out now is available on, on these e-readers. So we'll see how I like that. I had some, uh, some, you know, credit to spend at a bookstore. So I'm like, Hey, well, fuck it. Why don't I get one of these things? And uh, I gotta say they were on sale, which helps too. So yeah, got myself a Kobo. I, um, and I found out that uh, when it comes to Kobos, you can actually like hook into your local library. So I decided to figure out how that works. And uh, and it turns out that, you know, you have to go get a library card and everything like that. And I had one. I didn't know where the hell it was. I was looking around for it. Anyways, long story short is like an idiot. I'm running around. I go to one library. Like this is like they're closing at 830. I leave the house at like quarter to, to eight. I drive to one library and it's closed for renovations. I even checked. Okay. Some people are like, well, why don't you check online first? Fuck you. I did. Went online. I was like, all right, Google, what time does the Rosemount Library close? It closes soon at 830. All right, wicked. I got time. That's not too far. Get in the car, boogie over there. Um, and then it's closed for renovations like indefinitely. Like it's getting done, but it's just who knows how long it's going to take. So that's closed. Get in the car and I book up to Merivale, a different part of the city from where I was and uh, and managed to get there with with time to have some guy describe everything about, you know, how to rent books. I'm like, sir, I just need the card. I just need the card so I can hook in digitally with my Kobo. And he's like, okay, so if you have late fees, you got to I'm like, all right, all right, all right. Let me go. Let me go. Let me go. He's like, do you want me to figure out how to pair it with the Kobo? I'm like, no, I'll take care of that. It's a step-by-step process in the Kobo. I just need that card number. <laughs> so it, it was interesting. And they actually have uh, I saw this when I was at the library, they actually have a uh, PS4 and, uh, PS4 and uh, and Xbox One games, so that was cool. 
Yeah, super interesting. So if you haven't been, I haven't been to a library in years because I can't read. No, um, you know what I'm saying? Like, when was the last time? I'd like to hear about that. Now that you guys, you know, some of my friends and listeners, you guys have kids. Do you guys still go to the library with them? Like, they have movies and shit. I mean, you know, but I mean, who the fuck, like, goes for a physical, like, movie anymore? Do you know what I mean? Like, why would you put the family in the car to drive to the library to look at their movie selection when you could sit on your ass, go through it on the Apple TV or your laptop or whatever, and then rent it for like $3? Like the the gas and the hour, all that time. Do you know what I mean? Okay, so yeah, do me a favor, onesies. One man or contact at onemanpodcast.com. I'd really like to know, are any of you still going to the library? I went because I can pull out my Kobo and I can actually download books from the library through my my tablet from home. Uh, in fact, I did that. I got a book called Tools of Giants, which I have for like eight days, and, and I haven't read it yet, and it's a big book from Tim Ferriss. So I'd like to, but I don't think I'm going to finish it on time. But you actually still have to return. So I, I thought it was like, okay, I can download the book and read it because the library has it. It's like, no, the library only has like a certain amount of copies. So you can download it, but then it removes itself, or maybe I have to remove it or pay late fees, who knows. But it'll like remove itself and then you have to like, you know, renew it or or wait until it's available. So if someone else is like tries to reserve it or whatever, it was interesting because they're like, they only have license for five. So technically only five people can have access to it at a time. It's still better than having to go to the library and it's good to have free books available. But uh, just, it was just interesting to me to, to see that those things were, were out there. So I'm going to see how the e-reader does for me. But uh, before I start any new books, I'm going to uh, listen or sorry, finish reading Hold Me Tight. I uh, got the Kobo, got the library card. I'm just crossing off my list here. Fucking stories to tell you guys. Um, there was a heat wave. I don't even know if anyone called it that. That's what you call it when it's really hot for a few days, right? There was a big, big heat thing. Um, oh, this was a sad day. Uh, I don't even, uh, I don't even know if I want to tell this story. You guys might have to message. You know what? You might have to email me. I'll tell you what, I had... This is a tough one. That's a that's a tough one, guys. Like I would I would sooner have Air Canada sue me for talking about what went on with me and them than than potentially risk hurting someone's feelings. Um Jesus. All right. So I was doing some uh activations this weekend and uh yeah. It, it, it was hot. It was really hot. It was hot, humid. It was really uncomfortable to be alive. And on Friday, I did one until uh, like the early evening, from the afternoon to the evening. And um, and then I went and uh, I had dinner with Crystal. We went out to uh, to Joey Lansdowne's at uh, at the TD place there. Oh fuck! I didn't tell you guys. Oh, I have to do this too. Man, a lot happened, and I'm trying to just tell you guys the interesting stuff. Uh, I'm just writing it down here on my list. I'm not, I don't, I don't write my whole week out in exactly the order it happened because I think I was boring the shit out of you guys when I did it that way. And then on Tuesday, I did this. Nobody cares. There's like more shit that I've forgotten, but that's, see, here's the thing. I'm writing this list. I got like nine lines of stuff to tell you guys. And if I, I, I didn't do that before and I'd be like, what the fuck did I do this week? Right. And we'd be trying to remember. So I started writing down the, the days of the week to try to be like, okay, and just on this day I did this, just to make it easy for myself, but then I'd sit there and just read it and, and bore the shit of you guys because I was doing it chronologically. So listen, I did an activation for uh, for a fitness company outside in the heat, I hated my life. I went to dinner with Crystal, we had a pretty nice meal, um, and then I had a show I had to do. The show was at 11 o'clock, it was myself, another comic, 15 minutes each, 
Myself, actually, and Kyle Mezdag. And funny enough, um, Kyle and I are going to be recording a podcast tomorrow. Kyle Mezdag is last year's uh, Prove Your Comic Ottawa winner for Absolute Comedy. So I'm going to have him on because that contest is going on right now in Toronto and in Ottawa. And I thought it might be fun for you guys to listen to a guy who's having some success with his comedy career. He's been at it for, for a little while. And he's uh, he's definitely definitely turned the corner uh, from amateur to uh, to to. to you know, pro up and comer, you know, so um, I'll have him on. But anyways, myself and Kyle were on the show. The person who booked the show had seen Kyle at a at a show at Absolute Comedy and decided she wanted him for her birthday. And then uh, and then Jason had suggested myself as well. And she saw some clips and liked it. So myself and Kyle doing a 30 minute show in the basement of uh, the Royal Oak, a bar in Ottawa. And I will say this just for nostalgia purposes. That room is the very first place I ever did stand up comedy. Um, it was a long time ago, long time ago, but, uh, and I've done a couple shows in that room since, but, but yeah, that, that room has got a special place in my heart, even though it's not the greatest place to do stand up. <laughs> um, so anyways, we get there and it's supposed to be a show for like 25 people. It's a small room and, and that would work 25 people in a small room. Absolutely works. Um, we get there set up Kyle and, you know, uh, runs into crystal and myself and we're, we're setting up the sound and lights and, uh, you know, five minutes or so before the show starts, the, um, the guest of honor comes in and, uh, to, 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 not a half hour, blah, 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 blah. Anyways, uh, sorry, I'm getting text messages, guys. I apologize. I've been busy. I've been so fucking busy. Um, <laughs> I, I really don't mean to bore the shit out you guys, but I'm trying to get through these stories. So set up the stuff five minutes before the show is supposed to start. The guest of honor arrives. She comes in the room. I go, I always assume you're so-and-so. And, uh, yeah, I think that's, uh, I gotta, I gotta tell you, I need you guys to ask for the rest of this story because it's, um, I don't know if that wonderful woman whose birthday, uh, on the, you know, 25th birthday she had, uh, I don't, know how the rest of the story would come across. I don't know if she's listening to the podcast too. And I want her to, you know, I, I don't want to, uh, yeah, you want to hear the story onesies. I need you guys to email in and ask me to tell this story. It is interesting. Kyle, Kyle and I might talk about it tomorrow during his interview, but again, there's a good chance that it'll be heard. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's an uncomfortable one, guys. It is an uncomfortable one, but, um, Holy shit. Tugged at the old heartstrings that night, let me tell you. That was that oh, fuck sakes. But um but that's the thing. If I'm going to risk hurting someone's feelings, I want to know that you guys want to fucking hear it. So, I'm going to need to get at least a few emails saying tell the fucking story and uh and I will tell the story. I will tell the story, but I'm not I'm not going to risk hurting somebody for, you know, if you guys don't give a shit. You know? So, contact the podcast.com, say Josh, tell the story and uh yeah, Kyle's getting together with me Thursday morning. All right. So this comes out on Wednesday. Uh, it gives you guys like 24 hours to um, to hear this and say, we want to hear the story. If we get enough emails when Kyle and I sit down uh, to do our podcast, which will be available Friday morning, then we will tell the story because you'll hear it from both of our perspectives. All right. That's the best that I can do on that. But that was a fucking night that I had this last week. Um, and then, uh, yeah. And then, and then like, it was a late show too. It didn't, it didn't end. You know, we didn't, <laughs> when you hear the story, you'll understand. 
but we didn't get out of there till late. And I had an event that I had to be be at out of town at six o'clock in the morning the next day. So I think I got to sleep around two thirty, and I was up four thirty to to get out there. So I had two hours sleep, two hours sleep, and I was about to be on my feet for twelve hours straight. So we went to do something called uh, Foam Fest or whatever. Um, it's it's basically like one of those like Spartan mud run things where everyone's just run crawling around in mud for some reason. Let's just get dirty. That's just, I think it's like your punishment. Like you keep running and if you don't, you, like if you slow down, then you have to, you slip and fall in mud. So it's like, it's like Bugs Bunny running off a cliff. You know what I mean? He runs off the cliff and it's not until he realizes, you know, stops and looks down that he, he falls. I think that's maybe how these mud runs work. You just keep running, running, running. You, you hydroplane across the top, but if you slow down too much, you slip and fall in the mud. Either way, a, a stupid, <laughs> a very, uh, very dumb thing to do in my opinion. Also, the weather was garbage hot. I'll see, couldn't get any reception where I was, okay? Exhausted, absolutely exhausted. So let me see. All right, see if I can scroll back. If I could turn back time. God damn it. All right, well, I can't turn back to what the heat was like this last weekend. It was hot. Like, people were in, were insanely hot. And... At one point, I thought I was gonna have like fucking heat stroke, you know, like my, my ch- I started to get chest pains. I started to get all sorts of issues and I'm like, God, am I, you know, am I, am I gonna have a fucking heart attack? Like I, I go, we can't even get reception. If something happens to me, I can't call an ambulance or anything like that. Like it was, it was really hot and I was dressed head to toe in black, like pants, shirt, everything black. And it was hard to get water. It was hard to get cold water. Um, Alcohol was available readily, but I'm like, you know, if I'm if I'm having issues with dehydration, like the last thing you need to put in your system is a diuretic. And so, um, we were doing an event for a fitness company. The day went great. My two partners were great. We were having laughs. Everyone was tired. Everyone was hot. Everyone was uncomfortable. But we we made it through. Amazing, amazing team. Would work with them a hundred, you know, a hundred percent anytime. You know, you know, if the money's right, but, but, it, but, you know, if it come down to the team, you know, they're great. And I would work with them and, uh, you know, again, so thank you, Chanel. Thank you, uh, Izzy. It was, it was great to work with them. Um, and I think, uh, when I came home, <laughs> like it rained like a son of a bitch for like half an hour, drove all the way back to Ottawa, hot, 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 hot. And then I, I was like, I gotta have a half an hour nap. We were going to, uh, to Noreen's place. Uh, Jason, the owner of absolute comedy He's a lovely lady, Noreen. Uh, first barbecue at her place of the season. She has a beautiful, beautiful back area, back deck, whatever. So it was kind of just like, all right, we're going to the, uh, we're going to the barbecue tonight. I brought some stuff for the, for the thing the day before, nothing interesting, but again, hot, even though it had rained for like half an hour, the, the, this, the, the moisture was getting wicked back up into the air. And that's the thing you hear old people say, you know, it's not the heat, it's the humidity or it's a dry heat. So it's not so bad. It really is. Those people who complain, you know, Texas and California. It's like, oh, it's so hot. Yeah, but it's still better than like hot and like you walking into a pool. You open a door and you're like, oh, did I just walk into it? It was like a sauna outside. That's that's how it was. It was a sauna. So, anyways, we we had a, a good evening. Beers, stories. Uh, Jason felt the need. Let's put it this way. Jason loved that story so much 
of what happened to me on Friday night with the show the night before he felt the need to tell it at the barbecue when everyone was listening and sitting for dinner. So, um, again, contact the one man podcast.com. You guys want to hear the story? I'll tell it, but I need to get the emails need to know, need to know, <coughs> excuse me. So yeah, that was fun. I had a good time uh, at the old barbecue. Um, still being a good bitch, you know, not eating uh, too much stuff. I didn't eat while I was at the, uh, the event all day. Um, Still trying to find a balance. The numbers on the scale are not coming down anymore, which is frustrating. But still still getting exercise, still going for walks, still going to the gym. Um, I told you guys about... Uh, I told you guys about... Uh, doing those Lion King stencils. I believe I did. I was doing an activation where in the middle of the night we were going around with spray chalk and we were, we were spraying sidewalks with, uh, with advertisements for, uh, you know, a Disney movie. And, uh, it's so funny after the two days of doing nothing happened the first day, I don't think, or maybe someone posted it or whatever, but, um, people started losing their services, myself, myself and a partner, and then another team, two people. So it was four of us doing it for Ottawa and holy shit. Did people ever complain? People were tweeting about it. There was there was big CBC news articles about it and CTV news articles, and people were calling the city's anti graffiti team. It's it was chalk. It was chalk. Like if you spit on it, it would have run. But people are like, "This is disgraceful." They're spraying my sit. It was so funny. Everyone who knew I was doing that was sending me like links to these articles and tweets and things like that, like all day. The point was actually getting annoying. I'm like, yes, I, I know I've seen it. Yes. It's already been sent to me, but it was just so funny to me because like in a city like Ottawa, where everyone's like a government employee or something, everyone's such a little bitch whining and complaining. It's like, it's what it's chalk. You, you pour water on it and it washes off, right? Like, well, they're walking around, but instead they're going to use their tax taxpayers money to call the anti graffiti team. You know what I mean? Like if I hadn't been so goddamn busy, I would have called bylaw and said, it's chalk. It's chalk pour water on it and it'll rinse away. It's just, it was so funny to me that everyone was so upset and not one person thought to just like pour something on it and see, Oh, Oh, it's, Oh, it's coming guys. It's okay. It's okay. Stop, stop tweeting. It's uh, so it's rinsing right off. Like that's the thing. The whole idea is that that's the, the rain that came on Saturday would have cleared it off. I, I, funny enough, like I think it was Wednesday that people were starting to complain. So it was a few days past, but they just waited a few days. Like the, the, Water just wouldn't have rinsed it all off. It's just funny. People like to complain about the dumbest shit. So I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. You know, it is, uh, it's an interesting world out there, guys. Interesting world. I got to, I got to hang out with, uh, with Brody and Crystal. One of the nights we went for like a walk, which is kind of cool. Took Cooper. Cooper's their dog. Uh, it's a nice walk around the uh, Mooney's Bay. Really? It's been like a, it's been an interesting week. You know, it's, I've done a lot of things that I consider fun. I've worked hard. Like the days are going by so fast. I feel like I just sat down to record last week's episode of the podcast. So, um, time is definitely flying. Um, but I'm still like not grilling as much and I'm sure that's, you know, good for my body. You can't, you can't be eating fucking barbecue, barbecue sauce, hamburgers every day and expect to lose weight. But if that was like all I was eating with, you know, shy of like a little oatmeal in the morning, I'm like, I was doing good right? The numbers were coming down. Maybe that's the thing. I didn't barbecue this week and the numbers aren't coming down. Maybe that's the secret sauce. No pun intended to losing weight. You know, as long as you eat your oatmeal in the morning, you have your goddamn barbecue burger at night. That's how you lose the fucking weight. You know, 
looked like one of those skinny ass rednecks. How come those guys get to grill all the time and they're skinny? Maybe that's the Atkins diet, you know? The keto, the, uh, what else do they do? Keto diet, fucking Long Beach diet, South Beach diet, beach, the beach diet, <clears throat> eat sand. <laughs> that's the beach diet. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's been a fun week, you know, fun just in terms of like the diversity of stuff. I, uh, what did I do the other day? I've been doing my writing exercises. I've been working a lot, guys. Um, working a lot on uh, the new podcast. And that's like meetings, meetings and discussions with people who are contributing music, meetings and discussions with people who are contributing artwork, people who are contributing you know, graphic design for the logoing, um, and still working on logistics. Um, I still have to write, not necessarily proposals, but formats and, and, and frameworks and things like that. So we're working on all this stuff too in the meantime. Um, and, and just having ready. So when I have more to announce for you guys, I will, I'm very excited about it. Like I said, I'm meeting with Kyle. Kyle's actually doing the graphic design. And while we're doing that, we're going to be doing the podcast with him. So I'm looking forward to that. But as it stands right now, I, uh, I'm just working on a ton of, of, stuff, you know, getting ready for my trip to Toronto for a couple weeks. I got a lot of brand ambassador stuff coming up. So it's funny at times it feels like death by a thousand cuts. You know, I watched, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm just going to write them down here. Uh, I watched a few movies, uh, recently. Um, one of them I, yesterday was the first time I never do this. I never, ever, 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 ever do this. But I woke up in the morning yesterday and I was like, I'm going to watch a movie. Like I, I didn't, hadn't even got up and made breakfast. I'm like, I'm laying in bed. I'm like, it's, I'm up early. I'm, I'm just going to watch a movie. You know, I feel like before I get up, I've been enjoying documentaries and stuff like that lately. Um, but I thought it was, you know, I, I got up and I watched, uh, let's, let's talk about some movies for a minute here. Okay. Um, I watched a, a documentary called minimalism. I told you about that. Um, and it's about two dudes, two men two uh platonic lover no <laughs> no just the two guys who are good friends and they they talk about the concept of minimalism um i have reviewed a book from dk a while back called less it's a lot about minimalism but uh it's a very um interesting documentary because they they basically at times it even feels like it gets away from minimalism itself and just more into a, like a whole mindfulness looking at things or you know like the culture of of having more things and whatnot and not having enough. It's, um, it's very interesting to see how it affects us and stuff like that. But, uh, it's, it's two guys like who've, who've basically gained happiness by saying like, we let go of things. There was a woman at one point in the documentary who talks about like materialism, you know, being like materialistic. <clears throat> so she says like, in one way we're very materialistic and in another way we're not materialistic at all. Because to be materialistic is like, it's like, well, you want things, you want material things, it's like, great. But if you were materialistic that you valued the materials, you know, like rather than just get it, be like, oh, I want it. And then, you know, give a shit about it. It's like to, to value material, to be materialistic could be a good thing if you're like, oh yes, clothing and the resources taken to make these things. Like if you valued, if you were materialistic, then you would value it. You know what I mean? I think, um, I think there was a, a quote that one of the guys said at the end is like, um, use things and value people, uh, because the other way around doesn't work. Um, it was, I don't know. It was good. I, I just, it's on, it's on Netflix. I'm pretty damn sure. Uh, I don't remember if I watched it on Crave or Netflix, but, 
um, it's there and it's uh, it's an interesting enough documentary and it, uh, it you know I've like I said after reading the book by DK called less um, and uh, you know I'm watching this documentary like minimalism like, I see a ton of value in it I see a ton a ton of value so um, just for sake of your own life and whatnot to just take a peek at it and see what uh, what you think and of course I'd still say reach back and get that book less from DK really cool book uh, with with practical ways of doing it this one doesn't really talk a whole lot about how to be a minimalist like it does and it doesn't like it's not like hey if you want to be a minimalist hey this is what you need to start with but um it's really interesting because people talk about like their their happiness levels and everything like going up to they even talk uh, in the book it talks about how like when you're trying to work in your environment like you know a lot of people say oh i can't work at home i gotta go to a coffee shop whatever well it's like coffee shops are much there's stuff in them, but they're much cleaner, right? They're open spaces. There's just tables and chairs for the most part. Like it's not a whole lot of stuff. Hard to hard to describe. It's not an ideal example, but the whole reason that you work better in a coffee shop than at home is that if you have if you're like me and you have shit like stuff everywhere, that doesn't mean disorganized. You just have things everywhere. Things trigger thoughts and reminders, and oh, I need to put that thing away. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I have to bring that that shirt to so and so and. Oh yeah, that that. Well, I don't fucking know. I don't know. Ah, I'm still gonna read that book. I forgot to read that book. Oh, there's the bill sitting there. I forgot to mail that. Like, just the 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 more things that are in your environment, the more distracting and the more sort of like anxious that they can make you. So the idea of sitting in a space, you know, that that uh, doesn't have a lot in it, it's not a lot of distractions. You can sort of, you don't feel surrounded. Anyways, whatever. You watch the documentary Minimalism. There was even a, a part that they had where somebody was someone had designed these like smaller apartments. Like it was, it was actually like a practical space that it was almost like you could pull the wall out and section off the room, but not in your traditional, like, you know, ballrooms, like in hotels where they have the sliding walls that separate. It was like one wall would just pull, you just pulled it and it would stop wherever you wanted it to. And you could section off the two rooms, but it, um, it also forced people into closer spaces with each other. So rather than like someone's in the living room and someone's way over in the dining room, it's like because the space is so small, you're forced into social. And people were saying that they actually felt better. They were happier in these spaces than they were, you know, gigantic houses and stuff like that. Where does that, does that weird anybody else out? Like for me, I, I feel like, uh, if I was to have like a big mansion or whatever, like I wouldn't, it's like you gotta, you got more, like George Carlin says, it's like you got more places than you have stuff. You're gonna have to go out and get more stuff. You know, I wouldn't know how to furnish a fucking mansion just because there's so much stuff, so much space to put all that shit in, right? But um, I don't know, minimalism, just watch it. Watch it, you'll get what I'm saying. Um, I also went with uh, Simon. Oh, Michaela and Crystal came over. Um, one of the evenings, Michaela came over, played some VR games with me. And then, uh, Simon, Crystal, Michaela, and myself played, uh, played a board game there, ticket to ride. That was a lot of fun. We had a good time. And then later that night, Simon and I went to go see uh, toy story Four. Simon was interested in seeing it, invited me. And I said, Hey, I will take a free movie any day of the week. And I'm not going to lie. I remember being a little kid, seeing the first toy story movie. I remember being young ish when toy story two came out you know, and enjoying that. And then I remember Toy Story 3, not really at all, because it sucked balls. Um, Toy Story 4. Hmm. Guys, have you ever seen a movie already done three times and gone, yeah, but can they do it another time? Um, That's what Toy Story 4 is. It has some cute elements, um, 
but overall i uh, i didn't i didn't like it um it felt some of it felt really forced some of it felt like it didn't make any sense um yeah i think woody and buzz have had their uh they've had their time you know let let it go before it starts to to be insulting simon loved it simon loved it but you know <laughs> i don't know what to say about it it was uh save your money wait for video in my opinion i don't know but I, but then again kids kids love shit i mean kids will be entertained at the time but overall i i think like how many times can can woody and buzz get lost and have to find a toy and bring it back to andy or bonnie or whatever fucking kid they've got at the time you know what i mean like how many times is that shit gonna happen so i don't know even even like there's the scenes where they forced frustration out of woody because apparently woody losing his shit is funny i don't know um yeah i i i'm not trying to be negative just it's i've i get it i've seen it seen it it's been there been there done that all right so toy story 4 eh Let's see, you know what, just for fun, let's see what uh, what Rotten Tomatoes is giving Toy Story 4. Probably n- knock it out of the park. Good. Oh, come on, screen. Rotten Tomatoes. Blobbity blue. Squibbity squap. Oh, there was the list right there. Uh, view all, please. Toy Story 4, 98%. Wow, 98 from critics, 94 from audience. Well, looks like I'm one of the uh, I'm one of the minorities. You know, I'm not saying it's awful, but fuck, it's been done before. Let's hear what uh let's hear what one of these critics has to say about it. Let's read let's read a real critics review and see if I can see it that way. Uh critic review. Why this was someone who liked it. Why the need for part 4? There are new characters to merchandise. That was someone who gave it a good review. That sounds like Cooley's film quickens and deepens doubt it don't really think so toy story 4 is so good it's criminal incorrect the legislation it floats is the law of diminishing returns which governs movies with numbers after their names i do you go fuck yourself the latest installment toy story 4 is perhaps the bleakest and most beautiful of them all i don't think so it's some some weird moments but i don't think it was bleak it doesn't put you through the emotional ringer the way its predecessor did, but it's consistently inventive, funny, witty, and heartfelt. It wasn't funny or witty. In other words, it's a lot better than it has any right to be. Uh, it's more than good enough to justify its existence. Yeah, I don't think so. Okay, audience reviews. Let's hear what people, normal people, this is these fucking, it's a whimsical, a whimsical time. Like some of these critics, it's almost like they're they're flexing their vocabulary dick. You want to know how many words I know? I'm going to shut up, mom. I'm writing my review. Write my review. Shut up. Whimsically intestinal. Like, I, go fuck yourself. I was blown away by Toy Story 4, amazed by the creativity and depth of the storytelling and the brilliance of the animation. The brilliance of the animation. The animation hasn't changed in like 25 years. It's simply beautiful and must not be missed. I can't think of a better conclusion to Woody's story arc, which is deeply moving. It's funny yet scary, childlike yet philosophical. It's not light yet deep (laughs) all at the same time. It's opposites all the time. You can't help but emphasize, empathize is what you mean, not emphasize, with the existential, see what I'm saying? Existential crisis of a toy. One day beloved, next day trash, and start questioning your purpose of life. 
Brilliantly told and executed, thanks also to having a great cast of voice, actor, of act, voice actors, including Tom Hanks. Seriously, wow. Please, Disney, start working on Toy Story 5 and make sure it's the same scriptwriters. Love them to bits. Thanks, Chrisane C. That's what the name is, Chrisane C. Oh, God. I hate all of this. Anyways, whatever. I'm done talking about Toy Story 4. Fuck you, Toy Story 4. And I'm sure Red or Chris will watch it and argue with me. But you know what? I don't give a shit. Uh, and I'm happy to have you guys uh, argue with me. And finally, the movie I woke up and watched first thing in the morning. Uh, Unfriended, The Dark Web. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the first Unfriended movie. It was very interesting uh, and, and well done. That movie was done... Um, if you saw the movie... I think searching with John Cho unfriended was actually done first and it was, um, I could be wrong. Someone please cite me differently if that's the case, but, uh, unfriended was the first movie that was done like entirely from like a computer screen where it's like, it's, it's moving Facebook windows. It's moving Skype windows. It's moving search windows, things like that. And the whole movie is taking place as if you were, you know, watching it happen on the, on the, the computer screen. Um, particularly well done in my opinion and uh really really enjoyed it that was the first unfriended movie uh then of course uh searching with john cho came out and used the exact well yeah used the exact same idea was you're basically looking at everything from a computer screen search history and and you know google maps and facebook and every and everything that you're watching is like you know every time you're seeing someone there it's you know skype or facetime screens or whatever uh really really well done um, unfriended dark web was interesting. It was, uh, not too, too shabby. There was a few parts that were a little far fetched for me. Um, a little thing at the end, little, I don't, I don't even know if I could call it a twist because I didn't get it, but, uh, it, it's a fun watch. If you like, if you like sort of horror suspenseful movies, unfriended dark web is good. That one was on uh, crave TV, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, yeah, so I, I don't know. I watched some movies. I watched, uh, you know, Toy Story 4. You know what I think of that? It, it's not, it wasn't garbage. It's just uh, nothing new. Um, whimsical and witty, funny, light, but heavy and dark, <laughs> dark, but light. I was like, oh, for fuck's sakes. Um, and then, uh, yeah, minimalist. I think of all the things I watched, the minimalism documentary was the most interesting, but I'm up for more documentaries, guys. I want to, if anyone has any good documentary suggestions i'm i'm loving learning so i like i love to learn you know it's like it's like smart but stupid um but anyways so that's that's i don't know that's a bit of my week movies movies taking care of myself planning the next podcast um and i'm not ditching the one man podcast when that happens i'm trying to just you know leave this fun or whatever but uh one man podcast isn't going anywhere but i'm working on the next podcast got uh you know lots of stuff coming up so, you know, whatever we're, we're having fun with, uh, with all that shit. So having said that, let's move on to the sponsors part of the podcast. Shall we? My partners at portablepress.com. Uncle John's bathroom readers. Sorry. I had to reach over for the edition. And this week, guys, I will be reading from uncle John's weird, weird world. Okay. Who, what, where, when, and wow, not how, but wow, wow. That is a thing. And this week, I decided to read an article. I don't know why. There's nothing. It doesn't tie into anything. But uh, maybe materialistic. Oh, look at me. No matter what I do, I can't help but come up with a great segue. Um, to do with minimalism and all of us not appreciating materials. Well, what's one of the things? Made in China. Made in China. Have you ever noticed? 
Have you ever, I was going to say wondered, but it says noticed. Have you ever noticed that it seems like everything is made in China? Hmm? Well, almost everything is made in China, and here's why. In the red. Prior to World War II, China was a major economic force exporting huge amounts of raw goods, such as tea and rice, all over the world. When Mao Zedong, I don't know if this is his name, Mao Zedong, I tried, Mao Zedong's uh, communist government assumed control of China in 1949, it took over all of the country's businesses. That's what they mean by taking business. I'm taking it! Um... <laughs> Not, co- not content with only exporting agricultural goods, Chairman Mao wanted China to become a major industrial power. So he implemented China's first five-year plan for economic development. Money, resources, and labor were all allocated by the government, which also set wages and prices. Even consumption of food and goods would be controlled through strict rationing. Result, industry grew rapidly, but agricultural production suffered. The next five-year plan, 1958, aimed to revive the agricultural sector to such heights that China could be completely self-sufficient. Farming output increased as planned, but food storage and transportation technology couldn't keep up with agricultural growth, and much of the nation's huge grain crop went to waste. After China publicly criticized the USSR for bowing to American pressure and removing missiles from Cuba during the Cuban Missile Crisis, the Soviet Union withdrew economic uh, assistance in 1962. In the wake of expanding military operations in Southeast Asia and increased, uh, sorry, an increased Cold War posturing, the West turned its back on China. By 1970, the country was almost completely alone. Self-sufficiency was the goal, but isolation was the result. Nixon goes to China. Ah, it's like Ernest goes to camp. Uh, Conditions would begin to improve after President Richard Nixon's 1971 visit to Beijing. China agreed to reestablish ties with the United States on the condition that American troops would leave the region. They had been stationed in the Chinese province of Taiwan since the communist takeover. Nixon agreed. Tensions eased between China and the United States. Out with the old. Chairman Mao died in 1976 and was replaced by the moderate uh, Deng Xiaoping, Um, I hope that's how you say it. I'm sorry. Deng Xiaoping, uh, rejecting Mao's failed plans for self-sufficiency, Deng opened China to the world in 1980. To hasten hasten modernization, the government encouraged foreign investment and invited Western companies to bring their technology to China in the form of entire state-of-the-art Western factories. Uh, State-owned businesses remained the standard, but private ownership of companies became legal. Most revolutionary of all, the government took a capitalist approach to taxing businesses. It took a cut of the business's profits and allowed the remainder to be reinvested into the companies. The result of Deng's policies, Chinese industry grew at an annual rate of 11% in the 1980s and 17% in the 1990s, the fastest rate in the world at that time. Um, But here's what motivated American companies to open factories in China. Cheap labor and lots of it. Oh, because there's a lot of Chinese people to work. That sounds like I'm saying something offensive, but that's um, how those fucking greedy capitalists look at it, right? Cheap labor and lots of it. As of 2011, the Chinese workforce was roughly 785 million people. China's largest population creates huge demand and uh, and, and competitive for jobs. Okay, sorry, let me read that again. 
China's large population creates huge demand and, comp- and competition for jobs. This drives down wages, and they're made even lower by the government, which keeps pay rates low to control business costs. Those cocksuckers doing it through their own people. A worker in China earns less than 10% of what a worker doing the same job in the United States would earn. Plus, in China, few workers receive benefits, sick leave, or workers' compensation. China's labor laws are very relaxed. Shifts can be 12 hours a day. One of the highest costs of doing business is labor. So low, uh, so, so, bleh. One of the highest costs of doing business is labor, so low wages means product, uh, products manufactured in China are unbeatably inexpensive both to make and to buy. World domination. Oh, this is going to be scary. Today, Western companies in almost every industry have factories in China. Even with the expense of moving overseas and constantly having to ship materials and goods to Chinese factories, the low wage rates and lower taxes still make it highly profitable. Uh, Economists estimate that as much as 90% of retail goods available in the United States were made in China. Some of the products, Apple computers, Avon Cosmetics, Boeing airplanes, Clorox bleach, John Deere tractors, Dow Chemicals, General Motors car parts, Hewlett Packard printers, Johnson & Johnson first aid products, Mattel toys, Motorola cell phones, Toshiba televisions, Black & Decker drills, Intel microprocessors, Maytag appliances, Dell computers, outboard, sorry, yeah, outboard marine boats, head and shoulders shampoo, Rand McNally maps, don't know what those are, Sony Playstations, Serta mattresses, Sherwin-Williams paint, and Xerox copiers. Other companies use Chinese facilities to manufacture satellites, ships, trains, mining machinery, oil drilling equipment, power generators, plastic pharmaceuticals, bicycles, sewing machines, metal knickknacks, cement, coffee makers, shoes, and dishes. China produces more clothes than any other country. Its industry includes cotton, wool, linen, silk, and chemical fibers, as well as printing, dyeing, knitting, and automatic manufacture. Uh, China is the largest producer of steel in the world from stainless steel to sheet metal to pipes. China passed, uh, Britain, sorry, I got a glare here. Uh, China passed Britain as the world's largest steel producer in the 1960s. The Chinese government increased industrial production so quickly by reassigning millions of farmers to crude backyard furnaces where they made steel from low grade ore, scrap metal, and even household items. And finally, section here, the world's six largest producers of American flags are all based in China. Most religious merchandise like Virgin Mary statues, rosaries, and Buddha figures sold in the United States are made in China, a country that is officially, oh shit, a country that is officially atheist. Wow. China is officially atheist. There's a picture of sweatshops here, uh, where your favorite blue shirt was born. Well, you don't know that that's my favorite blue shirt. Uh, a soap bubble is 10,000 times thinner than a human hair. Oh, interesting to know. Other running feet, the Pacific Ocean holds about, I don't even know how many fucking zeros that is. The Pacific Ocean holds about six, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven groups of threes, so 21. So six and then 21 zeros, gallons of water. I know that's thousand, hundred thousand, million, billion, trillion, and then two more after that. Gagillion, Babillion, quadrillion, quadrillion. Okay, it's quadrillion, centillion. Go fuck yourselves, guys. And then a six in front of it. I got pretty goddamn good. Quadrillion is about as high as I can go. Let's see if Siri knows the difference. Hey, Siri, what's the number higher than quadrillion? Okay, I found this on the web for what's the number higher than quadrillion. Check it out. Understanding very large numbers. All right. 
Thanks, because I'm stupid. Thoughtco.com. Understanding very large numbers. Uh, what number comes after a trillion? How many zeros there are in a v- vigintillion? Vig- vigintillion? All right, so thousand, ten thousand, million, billion, trillion, quadrillion, quintillion. Ah, did I say it? I did say quintillion, did I not? Something like that. Ah, oh, guys, I'm so super smart. After that, sextillion. So six sextillion. So there you go. Right? Does it show how many zeros there are? Uh, yeah, so one, two, three, four. And, and then five groups. So there's one, two, three. Fuck, no, there's seven. God damn it. Six sextillion. Sextillion sounds like a weird porno movie. Um, so sextillion, and then the one over that would be uh, septillion. So six septillion gallons of water. That was a long walk for that, but I fucking got the number. All right, because I don't quit, guys. I get distracted, and I daydream, and I get boring, but I do not quit. Finally, the last running feat. According to folklore, an axe or knife placed under a woman's bed will cut the pain of childbirth. People are so stupid. What do they come up with this shit? And that, my friends, is Uncle John's bathroom reader. Weird, weird world. Who, what, when, where, and wow. One of the additions there. And of course, guys, my partners also, I'm very fortunate to have partners at Absolute Comedy. As I mentioned, they have at both the Toronto and Ottawa Club the entire month of July and the first week of August uh, is the Prove Your Comic competition. They are still in the preliminary round. So if you want to see, you know, today's up and coming comics in the Ottawa and Toronto area, you know, check out absolutecomedy.ca to see what's going on with that. Yours truly will be in Toronto from, I believe, August 5th until the 18th. Let me just double check that. So I'm not talking to my ass. Yes, August well, sixth. I'm gonna go on the. I'm gonna go on the sixth. I'll be in uh, Toronto from the sixth to the eighteenth. So check out absolutecomedy.ca to find yours truly. I would love for you guys to come out to a show. It'd be great to just to shoot the shit and have some fun with you. Um, but in the meantime, all your needs at the Ottawa, Toronto, and Kingston locations. Check out absolutecomedy.ca. Absolute Comedy is the best live stand-up comedy from across North America, with locations in Kingston, Toronto, and Ottawa, Ontario. These comedians have been featured on Just for Laughs, Netflix, Comedy Central, CBC's The Debaters, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Conan, The Comedy Network, and much, much more. Go to absolutecomedy.ca to see this week's lineup. Planning a night out is easy with dinner and show packages available at all locations. Live comedy is a great choice if you're organizing a celebration, fundraiser, company outing, or corporate event. Want the show brought to you? They'll send comedians to your venue with performances tailored to your event, creating a night of laughs your guests will love and won't soon forget. So for showtimes, ticket prices, gift certificates, special shows, and more, head to absolutecomedy.ca. Again, that's absolutecomedy.ca for the best live stand-up comedy from across North America. Hey, Mr. DJ. Hey, hey. Who am I forgetting? Am I forgetting anybody? Am I forgetting anybody? It's very difficult these day in this day and age. There's so many things going on in your life. You know, how do you remember them all? I didn't forget my partners at DK, Dorling Kindersley, DK.com slash CA, DK.com, all that fun stuff. This week, interesting book. Okay. And it it kind of, you know, does does it coincide directly with what I was talking about before? No, but one of the big things, you know, going back to the minimalism discussion is that minimalists really believe there's a lot to be gained from um, greenery in your space. Uh, it's good for oxygen and, uh, 
you know, it's, it's sort of, I don't know, it's something very calming about plants and something very mindful about plants. Um, there's a lot of beauty to them and whatnot. So this week I'm actually reviewing a book that I, I saw it on their website a while back. I immediately put it on my list, <clears throat> excuse me, something that, you know, a little close to my heart and, um, it's called propagating plants. All right, so it's a revised new edition, and it's how to create new plants for free. So I had to Google what propagating meant, and it uh, basically means to like reproduce. I'm going to get you the exact definition. Hey, Siri, what does propagating mean? Breed specimens of a plant or animal by natural processes from the parent stock. Yeah, that's when you take a parent and you cut its arm off. And you grow a new kid out of it. No, so so propagating plants, um, it's a big part of how, you know, the marijuana process works. <clears throat> Excuse me, is that you basically grow a mother plant, they call it, and then you will cut clones off. So another way of saying propagating is essentially cloning plants. Um, not through weird scientific processes, but you're just going like, okay, I've already grown a plant. So it growed. I already done growed it at a plant. Um, I've already grown a plant. So rather than growing another plant, you know, like letting it go to seed, right? Because that's something you don't do with marijuana. If you get marijuana with seeds in it, it's a shitty, it's a, someone has let that thing go to seed, so to speak. And uh, it's not, uh, it's not good anymore. Now it's not producing THC. It is producing seed. All of its energy is going to that. But this is not a book about pot. Uh, my just personal experiences from that. So sexual increase of plants is something that's, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's one of the, it is one of the subjects in here, the sexual increase of plants, but plants are interesting. As long as they got a growing tip, like you can't cut a leaf off of a plant and then put it, you know, in rooting solution, expected to grow. You, it won't, it has to be something that has a growing tip on it, but you can effectively, like I've done that before with plants is like, you can cut them, cut a growing tip with a scalpel into rooting solution right away. And then into a rock, rock will cube. If you have a decent amount of humidity, the plant will nourish itself with the uh, the moisture in the air and then uh, grow new roots out of the bottom where it was cut until it can nourish itself from the root system. Very, very interesting. But we do that at our house all the time. We have a bunch of spider plants and stuff like that in our living room uh, and dining room. And, uh, and you know, when they get too long, we, we crop them and, and create a new plant out of it. Um, it's, uh, it's a very interesting... Um, very interesting, very interesting process of nature. Um, but propagating plants teaches you how to do that with tons. That's like, like, well, like it says in the cover over 1500 different, uh, plants, but it's very, very cool how to do that. Like you can do that with fruits. You can do it, you know, uh, it's really, yeah, it's really, really fascinating process. Um, I've been really, really interested in how to, it's interesting how to sex plants too, like to tell if it's a male or female plant, because basically what you have is. You know, um, I, you know, like the best example I can give you, this, this one talks about all sorts of different plants in different ways, rooting systems, tools. Um, I'm looking at some of the different trays that they have here for, you know, Rockwell cubes and soil to be able to, to create the new plants, the, uh, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, and the different kind of things like hydroponics means soilless, by the way, I used to think that hydroponics meant like growing pot underwater, like, you know, like Luke Skywalker in that scene in empire strikes back when he's in a tank with a thing in his mouth right? Or like every Resident Evil movie slash game where there's <laughs> Jurassic Park raptors are underwater in these fucking tanks, the breeding tanks. Like that's what I used to think hydroponics was. It's like you're growing, you're growing pot in a lab underwater or whatever. It just means hydroponics just means soilless. So like a Rockwell cube is just soilless. So, you know, anyways, this book has everything about the soils and different kinds of things like that. But <clears throat> I find the cloning of the plants, <clears throat> excuse me, Jesus, 
I find the cloning of the plants to be like some of the most interesting stuff is you take a plant, you could cut off a part of it and then it'll, it'll, it'll thrive. Like I can't think of a nature where, where a plant loses its, you know, will lose its limb. Like they, basically it's one of the things almost directly human beings are doing, you know, it's cutting it off and it's like, okay, but it's going to, and it's going to try to live. It's going to grow roots and try to try to become a part of the ecosystem. Fucking nature's amazing. Nature is absolutely amazing. Um, Albert Einstein said that there's two ways to look at life. One is if nothing is a miracle, the other is if everything is a miracle. And it's, uh, it's true. I like looking at nature for just like the weird shit that we have, like the, the bugs that'll have a job. And you're like, what's this bug? And you squish it as soon as you find it on yourself. But like to learn about it and learn like what, what its importance to the ecosystem is or whatever. It's just, I, I don't know. I find all that shit incredibly fascinating, but, um, something, a piece of information that I'll share with you guys. So here's something I learned from, from marijuana is. All right, so marijuana plant, everybody knows you smoke the, the bud. The bud has the THC, it gets you high. Well, when you're first growing marijuana, you don't know if the first plant that you have is, is male or female. So you plant to, you basically, what you have to do with the seed almost, you actually put the seed on like very kind of damp uh, paper towel and then you lay another damp paper towel over top of it and then you put it between like two plates for some reason. Um, and then you wrap in a towel, like try to keep it as dark, dark, dark as possible. And after like a few days, the seeds will like sort of sprout. You know what I mean? Like you'll see a little, they call it germination, but the, the seed will split and a little, little teeny weeny little tail start to come out. And then what you do is you drop it into soil, only a certain depth or into a rock will cube that root will start to grow. And then the plant will start to push itself up towards the light. Anyways, this all takes time. And then over time, that plant will start to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. And when it gets to a certain size and it starts, uh, you know, sprouting off growing tips, like, like different little branches and stuff. Um, well, once you have a, a big enough branch that you can clone cut off of it, what you do is you cut it with a scalpel into a rooting solution and into a Rockwell cube, put it under a dome with some humidity to let it nourish itself, grow roots. Then what you do is you take the clones that you took off the plant. Now, if you have multiple plants, you got to label which clone came from which plant. Cause the whole idea is what you're doing is you're sexing this plant at that point. You're trying to determine is it a male or a female. And then what you do at, at this point too, when it comes to marijuana, you have the, the pot under the lights like 18 hours a day so that they're replicating the long days of summer. Then what you do is you take it and you put it into uh, what's called like a flowering room like yeah, under flowering lights. So what you do is you take that clone. Once that clone is, is, you know, grown, you know, safe and it's got its roots and everything like that, you can take it and you can put it into a flowering state. It's a different kind of light. Uh, you have a metal halide for the growing stage, 18 hours. Then you have a high pressure sodium for the 12 hour stage, the, 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 the short days of fall, which is basically the plant going, Oh, the days are getting shorter. Winter's coming. I need to breed. So when the days are long, the plant grows. When the days are short, the plant tries to reproduce. And so by putting it into the shorter light cycle, the little clone that you cut will start to basically show signs that of it being male or female. Now, female marijuana grows bud. That's the stuff that gets you high. Males will grow these like little stalks that look like they have tiny little grapes on the end. And what happens is those little grapes on the end spread open and that that's the, the, the male seed or the male, uh, pollen. And then if that's pollen gets on the females, it becomes fertilized and it, and it runs to seed to reproduce. Um, you don't want that because as your pot plants, that's the whole point that you sex a plant is that you go, okay, 
I've, cr- I've grown all these plants from seed. I don't know if they're male or female, but I cut little bits off of each plant and I flowered it in the flowering room. So I know, oh, this one's male and this one's female. So the males you destroy immediately because they have no value. They never make bud and that therefore don't get you what you're looking for. Um, you destroy the, the clones and then you destroy the mothers, right? The main, the main plants that you cut these little clones off of. And so the whole idea with that is you, you, that's how you sex a plant basically. So you cut a little piece of it off and you let that go to flower because if, if left under 18 hours of light a day, this plant will never produce bud or, or the, the little grape stalks as male. Like it'll never, it'll never flower effectively. That's the whole point of a flower, right? Is the pollen and the, to fertilize and, and make seeds reproduce basically. It's the reproductive cycle of a plant, but it's just interesting because, um, you learn how it works you know, and that's another way that you can tell that if you have, if you bought bud and there's seeds in it, it's ruined pot because it, it basically got fertilized and it started, it stopped producing the THC and it started producing the, the, the seeds. It was fertilized. So that's why you get rid of the males right away. Cause you get that pollen out of there. So it doesn't ruin your plants. And then, uh, and then, you know, once you've established which of your plants are male, which are females, and you've destroyed the males, now you have all female plants. You know that you can grow them up, you can cut clones off of them, and you can take those clones, put them in the flowering room, they'll grow and they'll make bud, and you still have that big mother in the other room. And the other reason that you keep the mother, it's got, goes back to the propagation of plants, is that you are, you have a source where you can cut, you know, if you can cut a, a, a 10 inch clone off of a plant because it's got all these stalks and branches and everything if you can cut a 10 inch clone that's that many weeks of growth you don't have to do from scratch that's what that's why again the point of this book it's not about pot but it's like how to create new plants for free well instead of having to germinate it and and then plant it in the rock we'll keep it, wait for it to grow and then find out what, what sex are you you are basically already you already know what sex that plant is and it's already grown that much. So once it grows its roots out, you've now got a plant that's weeks or months ahead of the process because of the fact that it's 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 been cloned, it's been propagated. So anyways, back to this book. This book is telling you how to do that with all sorts of different types of plants. Even if you have a, a house plant that you love and you're like, shit, I'd like to get another one of these. Well, why start from scratch? Learn how to propagate it. Cut it off at the right part and and let that part grow roots and now you've got two plants. It's getting more plants for free, which is what it's all about. And this thing has all sorts of different types of garden trees and things like that in it. All sorts of different kinds of t- tips as to how to layer things, how to, how to you know, sow seeds. There's a lot in this book and there's a lot of different species. So if you do have a green thumb, if you're interested in this, like I said, I, I never had any interest in that. I was never a pot smoker or anything like that, but I found the process very, very interesting. Um, my dad had a lot of medical issues and, uh, and he had a license for it. So I learned, you know, I was just basically learning and helping, but, uh, it's, um, yeah, it was an inter- it was very interesting to learn how plants do that and, uh, and a cool tactic. So, I mean, I, I've, I can go into all the little specifics of this book. There's so many, I won't, but the whole point is, is are you interested in growing your own plants from seeds or cuttings? Do you want more plants without spending a fortune? Use this comprehensive guide to find out how to propagate more than 1,500 garden plants. Follow the visual step-by-step guides and authoritative advice on cutting, layering, sowing, grafting, and more. Okay, so that's what this book is all about. Propagating plants, 
you know, how to create new plants for free from my partners at DK, Dorling Kindersley. All right. So DK.com slash CA, DK.com in the States, or just DK books anywhere else in the world. They are all over the place. And of course, you guys already know, I love the hell out of DK. Um, it's another, it's another fucking home run for them. Super, super easy. If it, you know, I know that not all of you guys give a shit about the outdoorsy stuff. Not all of you guys give a shit about the meditation books that, you know, I, I plug or whatever, or the Marvel ones, but uh, that's, what's great about DK is that it's not like, Hey, are you into, and of and of Green Gables, I don't know if if it's like one type of thing. You know, there's a lot of publishers they they deal in one kind of type of thing. Oh, it's all fiction books. Like no, DK has stuff from everyone. Their partnerships with the licensees like Marvel and the Smithsonian and uh, Star Wars and all the different things that they do. I mean, that's not a whole a lot of examples. Plus, their own properties and stuff. There's so much cool shit, right? Like they got books on on Twitch and how to be a better gamer. The minimalism's books. Uh, Yoga, mindfulness, uh, you know, vegetarianism, veganism, the, the different oil stuff that, that Red doesn't believe in at all. But there's just, it's just whatever things you're interested in, they've got a ton of, of books about it. And that's why I love them because they're great books and it doesn't matter what they're talking to you about. If that's your thing, then you can rest assured that you're getting a book vastly, vastly covering that subject. So having said that, let me just pound out what I got coming up this week so you guys can be... Uh, you can just be comfortable in knowing that you are on the same page as me. Um, I'm getting my car detailed tomorrow. Can't wait. It's the first time it's gotten detailed since I got it. I'm very excited for that. Hanging out with my buddy Peter. I don't know if I have plans in the evening, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, I got some stuff going on. Kyle and I are meeting for uh, graphic design and to do a podcast on Thursday. So if you guys send an email, contact at onemanpodcast.com, I will tell that story with Kyle on the uh, on the interview podcast. And it is worth a listen. Um and then I'm doing a show in Montreal uh, that night. So if you're interested, check out Facebook. I've been tagged in some posts. It's a show in Montreal. Uh, I'm looking forward to it with Joey Elias. Uh, and I'll be driving down with uh, another funny guy, Logan Avery Cooper. Um, and then on uh, you know this weekend, I got um, I got another podcast. I'll be recording a podcast called Daddy Issues with two friends of mine. It's their podcast, and they've invited me to come on and be a part of it. I'm looking forward to that. I'll tell you guys more about that next week if you want to hear the episode. I uh, got some activations coming up this weekend, and that's uh, that's it. You know, And then in the meantime, more writing, more prepping for the podcast, just a doing and creating shit. So, yeah, that's uh, – that's me in a nutshell right now, guys. I'm I'm just trying to keep banging away, making content. Hope you guys are having a good time. I hope you're loving life. I hope it's sunshiny, but not oppressively hot where you are. And uh, I look forward to talking to you guys again next week. Send in those emails, watch some documentaries, share some shit with me. I uh, look forward to hearing from you. Oh, boy.